Shall we lean in a little? Should lean I like a little? be here? Should we scoot over? Are, is this going to be your cold opener? Are you just making me sound stupid so you can use this as a cold opener? <laughs> <laughs> should well, we, maybe. Well played. Should we scoot over well some more no, so we fine. can squeeze We're in? fine exactly right there. That's, that's okay. totally that fine. That looks very okay. loud. Hey, Emma, I can give you some lessons. Let's not. <laughs> this, this is going to be phenomenal. All right, we're going to begin, though. Not I by picking at things. my voice. <laughs> <laughs> There's your cold opener. Don't you that. <laughs> Was I amplifying my voice? <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. No, it's no. Wonderful. You were operifying your voice. <laughs> operifying. That's a new word. Abby just coined a term. Oh. All right. Give me a little pause. Give me a little quiet for just a second. Hey everybody, I'm Jeremy. And I'm Jody. And this is the Unremarkable Podcast. And for those of you that have been with us for five episodes now. Five. This is episode six. We are so pumped yes. uh, that you've joined us via Apple uh, Podcast or iTunes or Spotify or wherever else it is that you're listening to us through the Podbean app. We are super pumped that you're with us. And today is the podcast that you all have been waiting for. Today yes. is the one that you want to be sure to share with all of your friends because we have guests we today. We have guests, and so we're going to let them introduce themselves. Right across from me is... Emma Powell. Emma Powell. And Emma, how old are you? 14 now. 14 years old now. How Woo-hoo. about that? And then right next to me is... Abby Jo Powell. Abby Jo Powell, who has no problem amplifying her voice at <laughs> no. all. Abby, how old are you? I am 11, 11. Jeremy. <laughs> 11 what now? I am 11, Jeremy. <laughs> now, who is he to you? Yeah. He's <laughs> Jeremy Powell. You just, just, yeah, when you're a guest on our podcast, just use our first names. That's fine. That's okay. We're no longer mom and dad. Would you prefer uh, me to call you Mr. Powell? No. Dad, dad is fine. Okay. Father. Uh, father. Okay. Fine, and, so, uh, quick question. Yeah. Have they really been waiting for this, or are you just saying that to me? No, we've been, we've been promoing this for yes. six weeks now. Yes, they're excited. They want to hear yeah. your amazing voices carrying over the airwaves. Yeah. And, and let me tell you why this is a big deal. Because this podcast is all about how our family as a pastor's family is just like everybody else's family. Yep. We struggle in the same way everybody else struggles. We have fears and anxieties just like everybody else. And um, and one of the things that I think has so gone unnoticed and uh, and unspoken about are pastor's kids. You guys have a pretty bad rap, don't you? Yeah. Like in society, um, you're viewed as the ones that like rebel sometimes and don't always do what you're supposed to do and and uh and, so and we talk about pressure yeah pastor's kids are always bags they're hanging out with the deacon's kids and that kind of stuff there's all those jokes wait that kind of going on have you guys we don't have deacons it's okay yeah have oh, okay. you all heard have you all heard any of those jokes wait are we talking about like Katy perry Katy Perry would be a yeah she's a pastor's she's a kid, pastor's kid. <laughs> yes. yeah so she's, she's not a very good person sometimes. Well, sometimes. <laughs> How about before we go into that, let's let them get to know our kids. So hey girls, okay. tell us just so they can get to know you a little bit better. What's um what's a favorite pastime of yours, Emma? That's something you like pastime. to do. Pastime. Emma's never heard the phrase pastime before. <laughs> We're going to do the rest of the podcast in Old English, by the way. Okay. What does thou like to do? I'm so sorry. sorry. So, so an activity like, you okay, like to do. Um, I really love softball. I'm really into that. I'm wearing my softball sweats right now. I know, we met. I know. It's like we're related or something. I know. Uh, but other than that, uh, I like uh, piano. I'm enjoying that right now. Um, activities... Do I need to like list off them or is it just favorites? Because softball is 
awesome. I like to sing and dance and craft. And craft. Oh, tell them some crafts you do. (laughs) What is your big thing you like making right now? I like making jewelry. Yes, and she's very good at it. Very gifted at it. Um, She makes her own designs, so like she's not copying anybody. She's doing her own thing. It's pretty good. That's right. Designs by Abby Jo. Yep. Yeah, y'all should buy my stuff sometimes. Yeah, whenever I put it on sale. (laughs) Or make a custom like order. Maybe they can tell you. Yeah, I can do that. Y'all tell me what you want, if and hope I have what you want. We'll make it happen. (laughs) All right. So, um, have you ever, as you were growing up and becoming involved in all these activities, you ever felt like we don't let you guys do things that you want to do, or we, what, how do you feel about that as pastor's kids, or even as kids, just as kids? Are mom and dad too strict? Um, You're free to speak. Yeah, no. So oh, that, well, you just I put me like, in a dangerous situation. <laughs> no, I feel no. like you're not like strict. Like if y'all, some of y'all probably haven't, but if you've ever read the Babysitters Club, it is, y'all are not like Marianne, Marianne Spire's dad. Like okay. he is okay. super strict. But um, <laughs> got that. That's connecting to my. Generation. I'm a book nerd. Um, but um, y'all are not that, y'all are strict enough to where like y'all are good strict. Like y'all okay. like y'all limit me. And sometimes I don't like that I have certain limits, but I know that they're for my safety and they're my precautions, like when I'm allowed to get a phone, when I'm allowed to get Facebook, when I'm allowed to do this, and this, and this. So. So you're, we're strict, but within reason. Yeah, yeah it's not like um, Marianne's dad who doesn't let her paint her room. I'm so glad. Air like five, Dad. Yeah. All right. Now, Yum, you made a face when Abby started talking. What's okay. that about? Tell the truth. Tell the truth. The mic is yours. I feel very. Unsafe right nope, now. No, you're safe. Um, uh, um, well, uh, it's not. I'm <laughs> you're so uncomfortable right now. I really am. You guys can tell one of our kids enjoys a microphone and, and another one doesn't, and that's okay. No one's getting grounded for what they said no, tonight. No, no. Well, I mean, I do believe you are strict. I believe that each parent has their level of strictness. Um, Who's more strict between mom and I? Oh, don't do that to her. No, no. Do not do that to her. To her. To her. Catch that to her. Don't do that. So mom is the strict one, dad's the fun one. What? Is that right? (laughs) Hold up. I didn't say that. (laughs) You just, how dare you? (laughs) Am I the strict one? Everyone has put us in a dangerous situation here. You're the one that just told me what to do. No, it's okay. Emma's like... Wow, she's worried. I've never seen her this nervous since, like, softball tryouts. <laughs> um, All right, we'll come back to that because okay. you're flush. What's your favorite Bible story, Abigail? Huh? Ooh, favorite Bible story? Yeah. If you if we go to Honduras this year and you have to teach a story, which one would you be most excited and comfortable to teach? Which story in the Bible? I'll probably have to think that through. But I probably, um, it's not like um, a story, but... Um, well, I have two things. One, um, I would teach about, um, I'm probably at the wrong version, correct me, Dad, if I am. Just say the story. But um, Ephesians 3.23, um, two people are better than one. They can help each other in everything they do. Ecclesiastes. Oh, Ecclesiastes. But you got the right beginning. Yeah, these are good. Um, I love that. So um, I would teach about that. And then I'd also teach about the feeding of the 5,000 because that that's a very important thing for me because like Jesus um, like made food go boom and then they had 12 baskets of leftovers I know significant number so you're just kind of like wow 
All right, so feeding a 5,000. All right, Emma. Emma, what would you, your story you'd love to teach? Well, see, the Bible is made up of, like, different parts. So, like, well, obviously, but, like, if, like, something that's, like, kind of hilarious to me is the is the left-handed judge, right? Yeah. Ehud was his <laughs> yeah. name. And the fact that, like, he just, like, casually walks in there and stabs the dude and nobody bothers to go in because they think that he's pooping. Like, I think that's freaking hilarious. <laughs> but, like, on an important note, you know, yeah, loving God and does. stuff, um, I think, like, a really powerful story would be, like... Jesus <laughs> loved God. Oh, the, yes, obviously. The but, fat engulfed the sword. <laughs> okay, but I think uh, the story of Esther. Um, um, okay. I think that's a really good story because, yeah. like, she had to believe that God was with her and that she was going to be okay and that she had enough power to mm. take her stand. Yeah. So yes. I, I love the story of Esther. Jody, what's your favorite Bible story? Oh, Esther is probably one of my favorites. You just um, can't copy hers. You I know. Her. I wasn't expecting her to go Great with Esther. That's right. Uh, Deborah? Uh, Deborah is awesome, too. But I think um, my, I guess one of my favorites is... Um, it's Paul's um, Paul getting blinded because sometimes I think God has got to physically alter us to make us become aware of yeah. His presence. Knock us off our donkey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's your favorite. Speaking oh, of donkey, yeah. So, well, I do love Balaam and his donkey, right? <laughs> that's that's, that's really kind of cool. When God made Balaam's donkey talk was my favorite story growing up. But uh, my favorite Bible story is is got to be the, the three parables that Jesus told in Luke fifteen, the parable of the lost sheep the lost coin and the lost son. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so incredibly cool. And and part of it was just simply because it wasn't until I went to seminary that I realized that the, the parable of the lost son is really about both sons. In particular, it's about the older son, um, which is who Jesus was talking to. I, I love that because I never was really one that rebelled. I never was really one that that kind of was the prodigal that went away and, and, and did everything that he wasn't supposed to. Um, and so I never really related to the story until I realized that it's, it's the religious guy, mm-hmm. the guy that grew up uh, in church, so to speak, that Jesus is talking to uh, in that story and is inviting into the party um, as well, just the party they threw for the younger son. I, I love that story. That's, that's my favorite. So have you ever thought, what would it be like if I didn't go to church every Sunday? Because my parents had a different job, or and I grew up in a different house. Have you ever thought about that? Yes. Um, Yes, yeah. Emma. What what made you think about that, Emma? Like what? Um. Well, I oftentimes, well, not oftentimes, but you know what I mean. Like I, sure. have, it's not just like a one time thing. I, I've thought about it a couple times because, um, like, everyone is seen like, but like the first time you look at somebody, you're being judged. The first time you look at someone, you judge them based on how they look or how they seem like they act mm-hmm. or who they hang around. Um, and that's just a human thing. And oftentimes we're viewed as human doings and not human beings. Mm-hmm. So um, oftentimes as a kid, I don't have a job yet. I haven't really made to the world what I'm going to be or who I am. So the world sees me as what my parents are. And so... Um, wow. Wow. That's just kind of how it is sometimes at school and even at church with people around us. Um, they see me and they, they think, okay, so this is where her parents are and these are the kind of people that they are. Then this is what we should expect from her. So mm-hmm. I think oftentimes like if I was in a different household or if my parents had different jobs that um, people would view me differently. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't expect 
expect they would expect different things from me, not yeah. the things that they expect now. I want to flesh that out a little bit later, but, but Abby, Abby, what about you? you? Yes, it's about to say it's my turn. Um, so I have a lot of friends at my school that I know don't go to church, and so you know that's what made it run through my mind. I'm like, what does it feel like? Because um, they've been like, well, my mom can't take me or my dad can't take me because they have to work and they have to do other stuff. So you know, um, it like runs through my mind like well what would it be like and so you know I think about it I'd be like well I probably wouldn't have met all my great friends who've helped me also come closer to know the Lord I wouldn't have got to know him better I probably wouldn't understand everything um and so you know that's something that um that I would probably struggle with if I didn't go to church but then I realized also, if I don't go to church, I probably will stop caring. Mm. And I probably won't won't even have Jesus cross my mind all the yeah. time. So that's, that's very true. Yeah. So you think that your faith, uh, your faith, because we we talk about going to church, but really what we're talking about is your faith in God. Do you, so you think your faith in God changes the way that you behave towards other people? Yes. Yeah. I believe it does. How so? Um. Well, you know, if I have a lot of faith in him and I truly believe in him, then, you know, I know that he's the true one and he does not want us to be rude or mean to other people. So, you know, that would probably change how I behave towards people. I think a, a, a story Abby, you told me about Abby the other day, was that showed just kind of evidence of how they think um, um, or how she thinks. Um you guys, you were explaining to her a um, a very learned scholar had recently passed away who had spent an extended amount of time trying to defend the non-existence yeah. of God. And yeah. her- so I'll, I'll I'll tell them. So I'm a part of another little nerd group that gets together and we talk about the Bible and science. And in that conversation, um, two authors in particular came up: Richard Dawkins who wrote The God Delusion, and Christopher Hitchens, who wrote God Is Not Great, who are part of the evangelical atheist movement. And um, one of the things that I try to do is read, I read people that believe completely differently than me. I want to know what my enemies are saying, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I had purchased the book. It had come in the mail uh, by Dawkins, who has who not, not yet passed away, if, I don't, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I think he's still alive. Stephen Hawkins. No, no, no. Richard about. Dawkins, who wrote The God Delusion. And Abigail saw the book. And she asked, you know, tell me about this guy. And so I told her, here's a guy that doesn't believe in God. And uh, most importantly, he wants other people to not believe in God as well. And uh, do you remember what you said, Abigail? Um, I, I think so. I did not say, um, I said, um, I, I have two things I remember saying. I said, one, um, why, why can't he just have his beliefs and be fine with that? Sure. Why can't he be okay with his beliefs and not worry about anybody else's? And the second one was, I feel sorry for him. That's right. Yeah. Why did you feel sorry for him? Because, um, he's, cause, because he doesn't believe in God, he doesn't, he's not, he's not going to a good place. So, um, and he's, he, I feel sorry that he doesn't know Jesus and he doesn't know that he's loved very much. Yeah. That's awesome. Abby, you brought up another question I want to ask to kind of follow up with that. You said that why couldn't he just have his beliefs and we have ours and kind of move on. But as Christians, one of the things that, that we think is so important is telling other people about Jesus. So mm-hmm. why why is it important? And, and M, maybe you want to answer this. It's something we say at church all the time. It, you know, you guys can all jump in here. But why is it that telling other people about Jesus is such a big deal? Um, 
I think it's because we want we want to save them. We want them to go to a good place. Like um, we will. We want them to um, rejoice in Jesus and worship Him and love Him and know that He is um, glorious and awesome. Yeah. And that life. Yeah. So we say all the time at Crosswind, life with Jesus is better. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that's true, Em? Yeah, I see people. Oftentimes, who like you, you see people, you see the news, you hear about it in this small town. People who go missing, people who commit suicide, people who fall into depression, are so overwhelmed by anxiety, and you see the sadness in the world, and you like look at some people, and oftentimes they don't know who Jesus is. They don't know that He can help you carry those burdens, and mm. He can help lift them off of you. Mm. So I like. I believe, especially this year, I've become more aware of myself through Christ, and I honestly feel like I've become a better person, a happier person, because I can just say, you know what, I'm me, and this is the me that God wants, so mm-hmm. this is this is yeah. good. It doesn't matter that you think this is wrong, um, like you want me to be a part of this group. Well, I can't because you don't infatuate yourself with things that are of good for you or for other people so then yeah life with Jesus is better it's hard but it's yeah you talked about it today the the loss in the beginning is worth the prize in the end wow that's lots of moves for me today wow Mm, that's good stuff so So, yeah, no, you need to be indoctrinated to this. Um, So when someone says something that's really good, what we found in in a lot of churches is that, well, growing up, growing up in the church that I grew up in, when someone would say something that was, like, good, like you really agreed with, we had a guy in my church, his name was Graham Harvey, and and he smoked a pipe and said amen. um, Amen. 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 Like, you do that. But we don't don't necessarily, like, shout amen out in our churches anymore. It's kind of sad. Maybe we should. What we do instead is we move. So, like, somebody will say something really good. Like, we'll go, life with Jesus is better. And somebody in the crowd will go, mmm. <laughs> right? This, so it's like, a, like, I agree. I agree. I'm not going to say amen, but I'm going to, mmm. I'm going to moo. And so, in our <laughs> podcast, we talk about mooing a lot. But your mom will say something, or I'll say something that we both really like. And we'll just, mmm. <laughs> a couple I'm weeks ago. A couple weeks ago. You your don't service. say moo. Do it. <laughs> no. Please do that. So. No. 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 <laughs> Class, and come say, Moo, Jesus Christ, Moo. Disciple now is this weekend. Moo. If you want me to lose it, I'm telling you, lose it on the stage. All you have to do is from the from the the front row, you have to just go, Moo. Okay. Own me. So, for the longest time, this is off topic, for the longest time, when you would be praying, and people, when I was little, and people would say, Amen, I was like, Hold up, he's not finished yet. Oh, is that what you did? So I was kind of like, What? It can be confusing sometimes. And then, you know, I got older, and I was like, Oh, they're agreeing with me. I get it. Okay. No. So we're moving a lot today because you girls are are so wise. I'm so impressed with you. Mm, Abby agrees. We had wise teachers. Oh, well, listen, you're not getting your phone back. Miss Linda's a very good teacher. That's not what this is about. (laughs) Ask the plate. Okay. We talked about you guys, you kind of alluded to the fact that you experience um, differential treatment people kind of treat you differently knowing who you are um, but has anybody ever said anything to you like you don't need to say names but if they were saying anything like well of course you're the pastor's kid or yes uh, yeah so <laughs> yes Emma doesn't even so, check up yeah, <laughs> no um what all the 
time. Really? Yeah. Yo. So let me let me put it a different way. You all feel like whether whether you are or not, you feel like you're treated differently because you're the daughters of a pastor. Yes. Yes. So if you, can you share an experience that doesn't involve names, please? Yeah, um, I can do that. I'm okay. responsible enough. Um, <laughs> I gotta think of one to share. Oh, um, okay. okay. Well, well, let me let me ask you this: when when someone treats you differently because of who your dad is or who your mom is, like how does that make you feel? Um, it makes me very upset. Why? It makes me very angry. Because I'm like, I'm not them. Mm. Their job doesn't make me who I am. I don't work in their job. This is this doesn't define me. Yeah. You can't define me by that. Yeah. Abs? Um, wait, am I supposed to share my example now? You, you can, can if you want. Okay, so um, we're at FCA, and um, they're like, if you want to do scripture, just think of one of your favorite verses, and you can do that. And... Um, uh, my friends are all like, like one of them is like John three sixteen. She said that's all I can think of. That's a great um, verse. And, God did love um, the world. And I said, uh, I said Ephesians three twenty three. Uh, or Ecclesiastes. Oh, Ecclesiastes three twenty three. <laughs> we need to find out real quick what what Ephesians three twenty three is. Got you, Ephesians. <laughs> um, maybe it, I mean, so it you know, has great meaning and, too. Um, the and like, um. She and my other friend both looked at me, and they're like, well, of course, Abigail just pulled a random verse out of nowhere. And I was kind of like, okay. Yeah. It's Maybe if you read your Bible, you could do the same thing. Because they're like, and, not 23 in and then there's, there's another one. There's the not other, in Ephesians 3, 23. Is it close? No. Yeah, it's it 21. The other one, it's 21. Um, the other one says, the she's the pastor's daughter. Of course she can. Yeah. And I was like. Okay. So how does it make you feel? Let, let's go back to that question, Abs. How does it make you feel when someone treats you differently because of who your dad is? It um, aggravates me because I'm like, I'm not the pastor. I'm just his daughter. It doesn't mean that because um, he's um, he knows the Bible very well, that means that I'm a genius at it. No, I um I have not read my Bible all the way through, but then yet I'm 11. <laughs> yeah, so, that's right. You, I'm like, don't expect so no much No excuses. From me. <laughs> don't expect so much from me um, just because I'm his daughter. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I have to be just like him. So, yeah. so what I'm gathering from both of your emotions, just to clarify, if I'm... If I'm correct, is that it's not you have a frustration not because they treat you differently because you're our children, but they don't see you for who you are. You're not seen as an individual. You're seen as a, a attachment to me or dad. Yeah. That, is that would that be correct? You you aren't get to be seen for who you are. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of a big deal. I think that a lot of people struggle with that, but I think PKs yeah. do probably and more than anybody. So we started the podcast. I mean, episode one, if you want to go back and listen to it, we talked about the phrase Emma used. I'm quite honored that you used the phrase that, that we, you know, sometimes as pastors, we're looked at as human doings rather than human beings. Mm-hmm. You know, we're defined by what we do. And what you've just said is that in the same way as kids, you're not necessarily even defined as what you do. You're defined as what your dad does or what yeah. your mom does. And, and and that seems unfair to me. And, and is that unfair, do you think? Um, I think it is unfair. It's very yeah, unfair. absolutely. Because that also tells um, you that people are expecting this out of you. And the sense they expect this out of you, they expect it out of us. So. Uh, I see. And so does that put, does that feel like pressure? Yes. 
In what way, Em? Um, well... Sorry, um... No, it's okay. It's just... Oft, it's not exactly as much at school, but oftentimes at church. Oh, what, okay. Um, that I feel pressure. Um, like, when you went on sabbatical, people like were like, how is he? Where is he? How is he feeling? How are you doing? And I was just like, I don't want to answer all these questions because sometimes I didn't know either. You just needed to seclude yourself for a little while. And this is perfectly understandable. But, like, I felt like... For a little while, um, not anymore, but definitely like a year or two ago, um, it was almost like it was expected of me to pray in small group. It was expected of me mm. to volunteer to read. It was expected of me to lead things in FCA. It was expected of me to want to bring scripture, to want to bring donuts, to want to pray. Um, because I have someone who's experienced it's not like it should be a problem for me so Mm -hmm. and it's not like and I mean yeah I'm a Christian I'm not I don't have a problem with scripture or prayer but um oftentimes I felt like I was looked at I was like okay well she's the pastor's daughter this should be easy for her this should Mm -hmm. just be something that comes to her mind every other minute of the day Mm -hmm. this should be something that doesn't bother her at all and so when you experience struggles in life when you experience difficulties i mean be it with boys or with friends or in the classroom with teachers Mm -hmm. like do you feel do you feel you feel the pressure to respond a certain way and you feel like you let people down if you don't respond a certain way sometimes abby you're nodding your head yes i can't hear that i'm sorry um it's okay i'm i'm She's thinking. I'm thinking. It's just, it's difficult because many of times, like, at church, um, um, so, like, we'll be like, does anybody want to play? Play. Does anybody want to pray? And if nobody volunteers, they're always, um, they, most of the time, turn to me and they're like, Abby, do you want to do it? And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> um, or, uh, does anybody have anything they want to say? Abby? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And as a pastor, I think that's something that, I mean, Jody and I, I mean, your mom we've and I, talked about that, yes. we've talked about that, like being a part of a small group. We, we're a church that values small groups. Being a part of small groups sometimes as a pastor is hard because mm-hmm. um, I write the discussion guide that they use. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, even if I'm not leading the group, it's very natural for people to kind of turn when a question's asked, turn and look at me, you know, just to tell them the answer. Right. Rather than try to answer it themselves. So in so in situations like small groups or in Walmart or in out in the world, um, you guys are often um, observers. You get to watch mom and dad interact with people and do things. I want to know. This is something I've never really presented you with, so you can just totally say nope, or you can say yeah. But have you ever seen like you've ever walked away from a situation going, I recognize that that person treated my family differently. Or that they, we were treated differently. Because you guys watch a lot, and I don't know what you actually see. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Many of times I've, um, like, my friends will be talking about something, and I'll be like, what is it? And a lot of the time they go, it's nothing. And I'll just be like, it's it's something. And mm-hmm. they'll be like, no, it's not. We weren't talking about anything. And mm-hmm. I was like. So you feel sometimes like you get left out of conversations. Yeah. yeah. Emma, yeah. 
Um, yeah, you're right. And even you can see it in people's families. Like, um, you're friends with, like, some of my parents, uh, some of my friends' parents. Mm-hmm. And other people in the school, not necessarily just them. And you have people talk about their lives at home and what goes on. It's not necessarily, like, bad stuff, but when it comes to, like, you talking to them or me talking to them, and it, you see it in a lot of people. They have a filter. They put the filter up. And mm. and it's not just just necessarily with, like, words. It's actions, how they treat other people or how they act. And, I mean, obviously some people put up filters for different reasons, but I feel around our family, like, they feel like they can't act certain ways. They're like, oh, it's the preacher's family. They don't screw up, so I can't screw up. <laughs> I'm just like, hold on. Wait a minute. Let me tell you about our morning. That's, that's right. That's Jesus. You're you're wrong there. Oh, wow. Yeah. So do, you, so do we screw up as preacher's family? Oh, like, yeah. Of course. We're human. <laughs> you see that, up. and we see that. I think a lot of times other people don't. I can screw it. I do forward rolls down the stairs half the time. Yeah, that's it's a part of every single person, including the pastor's family, schedule. Even this morning, Abby reminded me as I was about to get ready for church, hey, Mom, don't you need to take Emma early? And I was like, oh, yeah. hey, remember, not Emma, not Mom, Abby. Abby <laughs> got us together yeah, this Emma morning. Emma was asleep. Yeah, and that's a whole another issue for another day. Like, I mean, good night. I, I was talking to a buddy of mine, Andy, and he was talking about how you know, when he was in the ministry, when he was preaching on a regular basis, like he would schedule in such a way so that he'd get up and help, you know, his wife get the kids ready and get off to church. Like, that, I don't do that. Like, that's not, I, I, there's no way I could do that. There, There is probably a way. It's just not something, I'm built that way. Like, you have to do that all on your own. That's a whole other story for another day. <laughs> um, hey, girls, I want to ask this question. Um, and uh, sorry, Jody, it may not be on your list, but I, I wanted to ask this question. You talk about the pressure that you feel as pastor's kids that's put on you. I, I want to ask you this. Who puts the pressure on you more? Is it adults or is it your friends? Where does the pressure come from? I feel like it's actually an equal amount. Okay. Because I feel, I feel all the time there are adults watching me um, because they want to know um, how I act, and they want to know, am I um, someone that they need to keep an eye on, or am I just like my father? Um, Wait, and well, <laughs> you, might, you might still need to keep an eye on you if you're like your dad. Yeah, I don't quite know what that means. Um, okay, would you rather me say no, I'm just fine. like my mother? It's there fine. you go. Um, <laughs> so, or if it's my friends, um, they won't tell me things, or they... Um, or they, um, they're like, well, sure, Abigail can do it, because okay. yada, yada, yada. Okay. So. so your friends, you think it's equal. Emma, where do you think the pressure comes from? Um, I think that there is a third party in there. Um, you oftentimes put, like, enlarge the amount of pressure yourself oh, mentally. Wow. Um, you expand mm. that to a larger amount. Um, and, like, Abby is right. Uh, I feel like there's adults and varying ranges of ages of adults um but you f- i feel like a lot of them are like this generation is already so screwed up and you you see what you look for so <laughs> if you're looking for somebody to screw up that's what you're going to find so you're worried about making the smallest mistakes because you know that's what they want you to do mm-hmm. and then you go and see your friends and they're they're also watching you you know that they're watching you and like you're trying to be the good example because you I mean, you want your friends to be good people when they grow up. And so I feel like they're also just waiting for me 
to I've had people before who have been like, "Oh wait, did you just cuss?" And I was like, "No." No, I, I, but they were hopeful. I wasn't even close. I was like, well, yeah, why are you hoping for me to mess up like that? Um, um, like, mm. and then myself, I feel like everything runs through my brain like five times before it comes out of my mouth because I'm worried about what I'm going to say. Um, and, uh, actions, especially like, uh, you have to like think fast, be able to think fast because if you're going to do something, your body instinctively is just like, okay, do it now. So, like, be careful. Wave with all of your fingers and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, not that that's ever been a problem for me, absolutely. But um, <laughs> Abby but I waved with a peace sign. Um, but, yeah, um, so you worry yourself and then you worry wow. about other people. And Yeah. So, so l- l- let me see if we can flesh that out a little bit. Both of you say it's equal. It comes from, so the pressure that's put on you as children comes from adults and it comes from your friends. But, but Emma added this third party. She said, you know, Hey, I think a lot of times we put that pressure on ourselves. Um, wow. Uh, so incredibly wise of you. Now, how do you cope with that pressure? How do you deal with that? Um, cry. Do you? Well, sometimes, but uh, <laughs> not all the time. But um, it's very frustrating. Um, oftentimes, i found that it helps to write. I journal sometimes. Yeah. Um, so if I just, like, write down what happened through the day, and sometimes it's really what you have to do, write down and cry while you write it down because I'm a female, I'm emotional, and that's what happens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but, yeah. Do uh, you talk it, it out? Sometimes, sometimes I do. Sometimes I tell y'all what happens, and sometimes I just like feel like I don't need to talk. Sometimes, sometimes I talk to God. Actually, I just sit in my bed and I look at the ceiling and um, just like, okay, you know what's going on, but I'm gonna tell you what's going on just because I need to talk it out <laughs> with somebody, and all I need is it like just there to be silence yeah. and me talking. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> How do you cope with the pressure apps? Um, so, um, I, I've been told many times and, um, that I am a sensitive person. And I don't argue with that. I am a sensitive person. Um, now you're wired. And I feel like sometimes, though, um, being treated this way, that's what triggers it the most. And I feel like that's what makes it worse. And people just, it, people make it worse because when they see it, me in this position, then it gets worse, and they make it worse. It's so um, it kind of spirals. Yeah. Yeah, and also um, either I uh, I have two other things. I either talk to mom and dad, or I go to my room and I craft as I angrily mutter to myself. So. <laughs> you kind of rant a little bit to yourself. Yes. Uh, okay. Um, so, girls, I, you know, one of the things that, that we talked about early on in, the, in our talk was that sometimes pastor's kids get a bad rap, um, and they, uh, they're often talked about as people that rebel, right? So people that, that take a period of time and they just kind of push back from the church or that rebel. Um, why do you think that is? Why do you think pastor's kids... Uh, have a bad reputation for, for kind of rebelling against God, against the church? Well, if you think about it, I've kn- I knew someone personally, and then you look at, like, celebrities who have become popular or people that you see in the news that have been talked about, and then you see, oh, their dad was a pastor. Um, oftentimes, I think 
these people are like um, strong in their opinions and they say, well, these people can't divine who I am and that's what they're trying to do. So I'm going to define your definitions. I'm going to show you, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to show you how you're wrong. And so they do things that are, they take drastic measures and they do things that are, um, what is the word? Unreasonable? Yeah. Yeah, unreasonable. Irrational. Irrational. They do things that are just, you know, stupid. Um, And they get attention, and also they're proving proving people wrong. They're showing them, hey, you can't define me like that. Well, I'll show you. Yeah, I'll show you. Mm -hmm. Abs, do you get it? Do you get why people would rebel? Pastor's kids? Because um, they're like, well, I ain't all that. I'm something else. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, yeah, you are something else. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I guess it could also be... The pressure build it like if it builds up and you can't do anything about it and you don't know who to talk to and you don't know what to do yeah. with it and you can't just like cast your anxieties on the Lord, um, then you snap. Yeah. You wow. break and you do irrational things. Yeah. You're tired of the pressure. You get tired of it. Wow. So so looking at rebellious pastors, kids, and other people that may appear to be, shall we say, broken. What what is your how do you see people like not just in school but just in society? You guys have both had the chance to go overseas um, on mission, and you've had an experience to see um, what it's like to um, just to people who are trying to figure out who Jesus is. How how do you how does that make you feel? Like, do you feel like you see people for who they are and their brokenness? Um. Well, sometimes I struggle with that. Um, what? I don't what? get the question. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Let me see my you, you both have this. That's why I'm trying to highlight this. You both have this this ability that um, you recognize people for um, missing out on, on the yeah. life with Jesus is better. So tell me your emotions on people like that, like that you know, oh, I know why they are that way because they're broken. Does that make you hurt, sad, mad, angry, frustrated? Yeah. Um, how, how, when you see somebody that's far from God, how does that make you feel? Like in our own community. In um, our community, in Honduras, I, in your I, family? I can become very sympathetic. Um, unless, like, you know, sometimes um, I don't understand what's going on. And so, you know, I can be confused. Mm. Um, and then, you know, that doesn't help their situation. And so then... You know, I look like a bad person, but um, most of the time I feel very sympathetic and um, I want to help them in whatever way I can, but a lot of the times they say there's nothing I can do and that I can't help them. How does Um, that make you feel? It makes me feel um, like I can't do anything that I, and like... Like, and I keep, like helpless. Yeah, I feel I feel like I'm helpless and I can't do anything. Yeah. And so I, like, I keep telling them, like, I can do something. Let me do something. I think you're wired a lot like your dad as you like to fix things. Because sometimes that's the way I see you when you're handling people. And um, so I can see you getting flustered when sure. that help is not. Like, you're, you, what, what do I need to do to fix it? Yeah, so Emma, when you see somebody that's far from God and they're kind of spiraling out of control, how does that make you feel? Um, at first, it's kind of confusing, especially when I was younger, it was more confusing. Um, 
But then you have to take into consideration that everyone has a story, and not everyone grew up as a pastor's child, and not everyone's parents took them to church, and not everyone's parents were as passionate about God as they were their own children. So um, not everyone grew up in those kind of families, and you have to take that into consideration. And then, then I feel sad for them. I feel I'm like, I'm sorry that you didn't have the opportunities that I had. Um, and then it, you know, makes me grateful for having the opportunities I have. Um, it just makes me feel sorry, um, sad, because I want, I want them to know Jesus. I want them to have a good life. Yeah. I, want, I, don't, I don't want them to die not knowing that you could end up in heaven, that mm-hmm. there's a better place. Yeah. Sadness. Yeah. Okay. So you have you have just we have just a few minutes left. We're, we're running out of time, but uh, if you could say something, right? If you and, and, and we'll talk to two different groups here as we kind of wrap this up. If there was something that you could say to people that treat you differently because you're pastor's kids, what what would you say to them? If you if you could just kind of public service announcement, I want to I want to speak on behalf of Emma and Abby Powell. Not all pastors' kids, but these two pastors' kids. For those of you that, that want to treat us differently, that want to put different expectations on us because of, of what family we come from, here's what we want to say to you. Um, I'm not that different from you. Um, I may, even though my father's a pastor, it does not mean that I am a different child, that I am the perfect child. I, um, I'm still, I'm still like you. I'm still, like, I'm still a child. I'm... I'm still figuring out who I am, and I'm still making friends, and I'm still figuring out who I want to be. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it doesn't mean that I'm going to be a perfect child or I'm going to be an awful child. I'm just going to be Abby Powell. There you yes. go. Awesome. Good Hang stuff. Em? She's definitely right. Something like, I'm human. I'm not perfect. And also, if you think that this is who I am, if you think I'm defined as a human doing and not a human being, then just watch. Just wait. Because when I'm an adult, I'm going to be my own person. I'm not going to be defined by who they are. I'm going to have a job. I'm going to have a life. Um, and you're going to define me then by what choices I make then and not by my parents. So just just wait, and I'll show you who I can be. Wow. Wow. I think we end with some remarkable Good stuff. Good night. I, I am, first of all, before we get to that, um, girls, I just want to say I am so humbled by you every day and am so thankful that uh, that that I got chosen to be your dad. And Oh, my goodness. Like, God, I thought about today. I was listening to some great podcasts with Emma on the way back into for our softball tournament, and they were talking about parenting and uh, we just got very lucky that God gave oh, us two amazing young ladies blessed. who are beautiful inside and out. Yeah. Um, I'm so thankful that you all have, have gotten to the point where you realize, you know, hey, that I am my own person. Uh, I'm not defined by what my parents do. Abby, you have, you have one last thing to say? Yeah. Um, I'm thankful that God even decided to put me in this world. Like he could have decided, nope, I'm not gonna, not gonna put her in. Yeah. But he decided because he knew that I have a purpose in this world as you, have, as well as you have a purpose, and you have a purpose, and you, as a, you have a purpose. I have a purpose. Everyone has a purpose, and that's why God put you here. 
where you are right now. So don't think that you're unlucky because you belong where you are for a certain purpose. That's awesome. Amen. That's awesome. Amen. Hang on. That's, that's, that's absolutely awesome. The girls, thanks so much for being with us here today. All right, so we get to kind of conclude our series, girls. One of the things that we do um, every podcast is we ask the question. The podcast is called Unremarkable, so we ask what is remarkable and who is remarkable for every one of us. So we're going to start with Emma Powell. Uh, Emma, what is remarkable to you? Um, so uh, my birthday was Wednesday. Um, that was really exciting. I got a lot of great stuff. I was blessed with many gifts. Um, but one of my favorites, my what, would have to be the sushi bazooka. What? Sushi. Given, for you, given to me by my wonderful little sister. Um, it is, I don't know what else you would call it. I'm pretty sure that's what you would call it, a sushi bazooka. You it put lo- all the stuff in it. It looks like a cock gun. <laughs> but it makes, it does, but it, it makes does, sushi. But when you, when you press the stuff out, it makes sushi. So that's really awesome. There right. you go. Then what and who is remarkable to you, Emma? Um, right now, Eddie Redmayne is Eddie Redmayne. amazing. So tell yeah. everybody who um, that is that doesn't know the series. Those of you who don't know, the Harry Potter franchise was very big, and they decided to make a series based off of it called Fantastic Beasts. They've come out with two movies, um, and the main character is Newt Scamander. Uh, he is what they call a magizoologist. Um, he collects too much information. He collects magical creatures, <laughs> and uh, Eddie Redmayne plays him, and I think he is fantastic himself. Yes, you know? okay, Eddie Redmayne. All right, Abigail, what's remarkable to you? <laughs> okay. okay. Um, what is remarkable to me is the Harry Potter series and all that extra stuff that comes with it. So the movies, all the books. All the extra books that are textbooks. That um, is pretty cool. Going to Harry Potter World and going to Diagon Alley, um, riding all the rides, um, getting your own wand, um, getting your own Weezy oh, Wizard. The whole Weezy. Harry Potter yeah, stuff. Yeah, all that stuff. Which is interesting because, like, as a pastor's family, like, we could be totally shunned by so many because we let our kids yes. read Harry Potter. Yes, because there's plenty of books out there of why you should not That's read right. it. That's right. It's witchcraft. <laughs> all right. I had a seminary um, professor. But not sem- Star Wars. You no, can, you can no, watch Star, Star Wars, Wars is okay. I had a seminary professor that said... These were his words. Harry Potter has as much to do, to do with real witchcraft as Star Trek has to do with real space travel. That was his entire yeah, point. Exactly. I thought, what a great idea. Okay, so uh, my girls are both in Harry Potter. A- Abby, who is remarkable to you? Um, some of you may know her. Some of you may don't. Um, my voice teacher, Miss Rita Winters. She is very remarkable to me because she's an excellent teacher and she's so talented and. Um, She's just an amazing person, and, like, every time I go to class, I tell her what happened in my day and what I'm going through right now, Um, and she always talks to me, and she always helps me. Like, I remember one time we spent, like, half the class um, because I told her I have a dance recital, and I'm supposed to do a song from, like, the 70s or 80s, whatever, sometime in the 90s. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Sometime a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so we spent kids. half the class um, looking for songs yeah. for my dance. Oh, that's Ms. awesome. Miss Rita was just recently awarded a Lifetime Achievement Award with UT Martin, University of Tennessee that's Martin. That's awesome. So, yeah. So she's, she's an awesome, she's awesome She's remarkable. Lady. She's a very amazing person. Yeah. All right, Jody Powell, what is remarkable to you? So this Christmas in my stocking was Shape Tape Tarte Concealer, right? Did I say it right? I'm pretty sure. What is that, Shape Tape Tarte? 
It's amazing. I don't know where it's been all my life, but it's the best concealer I've ever used. So I love it. And I was actually going to go buy some more today, but time got away. Uh, we'll have to Amazon that. Yeah. And my who? Can I ask that? Who is remarkable to me right now? Um, I am. I still am big fan of Jamie Ivy. Um, I love her podcast. I've, her book, If You Only Knew, is reminded me again that it's time for me to get the pen to paper and write my book that I've been wanting to say. Um, um, and uh, Jamie, Jamie's just um, a phenomenal um, Christian, and I know that she's real, and I appreciate that. Yeah. What's remarkable to you, Jeremy? All right. What is remarkable to me is Teddy K. Pottery. What? What? Teddy K. Pottery, and we're in what now? You were going to say her for your who. No, no, no. Teddy K. is my what. And so um, Teddy K. is uh, a young lady that lives over in Martin. So we're in northwest Tennessee, uh, which is Union City, Martin, and Fulton. The microplex is yes. what I call it. Um, and, uh, and she's over in Martin. UT Martin grad, played basketball over there. And she has opened up a pottery shop. Yes. Uh, Emma went and had um, her uh, birthday. Uh, birthday over there and took some friends over and Teddy Kay just uh, opened up her shop and showed Jody and I around and she is absolutely remarkable in, in, in what she does over there. Uh, is absolutely remarkable. 24 years old. Um, incredibly gifted. And um, if you haven't been over to check her out yet over in Martin, do so. Um, she is absolutely remarkable. And, yep. And so is your... Who's your who? Uh, I, I forgot. Okay. Was no, she, we, your who we, she was your who. No, she wasn't. We changed say. it. It was, he was like, oh, no, she was your who, and you said your what was Ellen's game of games. Oh, that's right. So? So Teddy K is who is remarkable. There you I'm go. so sorry. I'm, y'all, I'm so terrible at this. Like, I should think about it ahead of time. My what is Ellen Games of Games. So, like, we have uh, totally, as a family, adopted this show. Um, Ellen DeGeneres. Um, You're welcome. You're uh, welcome. Yeah, and again, as, as pastors, you know, family, like, probably we could get shunned for even liking Ellen. But, but like, she is hilarious, and the show is absolutely funny. If you haven't checked it out, go check it out. Um, she embarrasses people. Um, and they but get they to laugh willingly at go. They willingly go and get embarrassed for a chance to win $100,000. Oh, yeah. Would you go for $100,000? Absolutely. You'd get stuff blasted in your face yes. and kicked in the butt and yes. all kinds of stuff. Yes, I think the best part, though, is when she finally gets, like, lower the boom on somebody and watching her cackle. Oh, she loves it. Yeah. No, that's it. That is absolutely incredible. Because yeah. their facial expression. Yeah. Yes. It's like, no. Yeah. Well, girls, I'm so thankful you joined us tonight. Thanks for taking time out of your schedule. I know you guys are busy. Um, not yeah, really. That, not that right sleep now. schedule, it's, it's, very, it's very strict. You yeah. know, I just, I got I to gotta be there on you time. You do. So. Yeah. You get cranky you and do. foul. Oh, I sure do. Well, girls, thanks so much. My name is Jeremy, and this is Jody. You have Emma and Abby. If you want to follow us on uh, Instagram, you can do that. I'm Powell Jeremy. Jody is? J-Gap, or J-G-A-P-O-W-E-L-L, J-Gap Powell. You can find us on Facebook. I'm Jeremy.Powell.1800. Or Jody.Powell.5. If you have any questions or anything you want us to talk about, you can email us at Jeremy at CrosswindChurch.net or, or J-G-A-P-2-0 at gmail. That's it. That's all for this one. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. Bye. Bye. Bye.